I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, welcome back to the show. This is, of course, David Scales, the host of Surf Splendor. Um, thrilled to have you back for another episode of Surf News with Scott Bass. And um, before I get into that, just quick order of business, as always, reference our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com is where you go if you want to leave a comment about today's show, find past episodes, everything's archived for free, all the music that is used in this show is all archived there, um, and then on social media, at Surf Splendor. Anyway, enjoy today's show. I will be back at the end to sign us off. Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. What's up, bro? Yeah, guy. Hey, now. Welcome, everybody, down the line. Surf Talk Radio. Scott Bass and David Lee Scales with you here on this Tuesday, November 19th. Wait, Thursday. Sorry. Thursday, yeah. We're off a couple days. Thursday, November 19th. And that was Howlin' Wolf with a super session of musicians, including... Steve Winwood, Eric Clapton, Bill Wyman, Charlie Watts, um, and a few others that I'm definitely missing here. But uh, Wang Wang Dang Doodle all night long, Howlin' Wolf. Sweet. I actually thought you were going to quiz me like, hey, who is this? I was going to. Well, I pulled out Shazam while you were doing the intro and I was Shazamming it. Were you blown away by the crew that's on this album? No, because my phone doesn't have reception right now and I wasn't able to get the info. Oh. So I was going to be shamed uh, for not knowing. But yeah, that is pretty impressive. That is a super group, man. It's pretty cool because it's when all those guys were, were real young. So you've got these British rockers who absolutely adored these, these you know, like, blues musicians from the USA. Yeah. And, um, you know, to get called into a session with these guys. So you've got Clapton, who's probably, I don't know how old, maybe 19 or 20. And so all these guys are real young. Steve Winwood's probably 15. He's I love younger. Steve Winwood, dude. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's an underrated guitar player. Yeah, I agree. He's underrated all the way around. And um, Bill Wyman. Uh, so Charlie is it Watts. just one album or just one track? No, it's a whole album. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what's the name of the group? Well, it's just Howlin' Wolf. Um, I don't have it. You know, the, that's the bummer about iTunes and the digital world. Like, you don't, you can't pull up the album cover and 
look at it. But um, it's the it, bummer about iTunes. But the benefit of Google, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, Howlin' Wolf, Howlin' Wolf Super Session, I think it is called, or something like that, or, or it might be called, might be Highway something. Okay, Super Highway, or hmm. well, there's a blues singer, Chicago blues singer named. Howlin' Wolf as well. Well, no, of course. That's who this is. This oh. is the Chicago Blues oh, okay. singer. Okay, okay, okay. And he's, he's sessioning with these guys. Got so, it, got so it, this, got it, got this it, got is it. their hero, and Howlin' Wolf is the man. Got it. Man, his website, howlinwolf.com, is so outdated. It looks like it was built in MySpace? 1996 or something. It's a MySpace page. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, yeah. guy, that guy's got soul, though, huh? Howlin' Wolf, man. Jeez. Yeah. Awesome. Well, a little music education at the beginning of every show. How about that? That's right, my friend. So, um, look, it's uh, a lot going on in the surf world. You know, uh, we're we're sort of, well, we are, we have kicked off the Triple Crown, the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing. And they started yesterday at Haleiwa, um, sort of lackluster conditions. But, uh, you know, Marty Thomas, who was the, my former co-host on the right. show for a number of years, Marty's the Vans Triple Crown contest director. And this time of year, I imagine Marty has an ulcer or two based on, um, you know, he's the guy that has to make the call. Totally. On these um, conditions and when to run the events. And they've been in the waiting period for a while for the Haleiva event. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it's been a bummer. You know, they've been sort of missing swells. So um, I believe Marty just had to kind of go, you know what, if we don't do it now, we're not doing it. So it's on. And, Sort of lackluster conditions, you know, but things could turn around. We're just into rounds one and two here, so. Yeah. Um, I'm almost not even ready for the Triple Crown. Like, it's hard to kick back into gear for the winter season just because I'm busy in my regular life and work and blah, blah, blah. It's like once it happens, it's like, oh, this is already happening right now. You know, I should be in Hawaii. What am I doing here? You should. Now, did you watch any of the yesterday's? No, I didn't. I watched a little bit of it, and, and although the, the surfing and the waves were – lackluster relative to you know yeah. what we expect sure um the one thing that did stick out to me was was sort of the drama that is involved in being a young pro surfer in hawaii being in round one which means you're not a top seed you know you're like ranked 250th and these guys are really grinding it out you know and and uh, and so when you're sent out into round 1 in lackluster waves and it's like okay this is the start of my triple crown season i have all these huge expectations i'd love to just get to say round 4 of this event and and get into the sunset event and make it through and you're sent out and and i saw guys that are great surfers you know guys that i don't even know their names guys a lot of brazilian guys a lot of a lot of you know guys that are just blue collar grinders trying to make it happen on the qs that that their Hawaiian season sort of slammed in just one day. You know, like you, if you lose in round one at Haleva, it's kind of like, okay, um, I got to pull my bootstraps up here and hope for the best for the rest of these six weeks. Yeah, it's almost over and done with before it, it even gets started. It really is. I mean, I'm sure guys pack up and go, I'm going home. For sure they do, you know? every single year. And yeah. there's far more of those guys than there are the ones who get through to round four, obviously. So it's like everybody's hopes and dreams that are pinned on this one thing that's the pinnacle of the year. They're dashed and quickly. Yeah. There was a guy, Tiago. His last name's Camarillo. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think he's Shrimpy. a Brazilian. Yeah. Good surfer. Fantastic and, surfer. And you could tell all he needed was a wave and he would have advanced. You know, like he's good enough to be like advancing on like yeah. a lot of these guys. And he just didn't get the wave. You yeah. Know? And, 
and and you just saw his. I mean, he he wear he wore it on his sleeve. You could see that his hopes and dreams were dashed, as yep. you mentioned. And uh, he came in. You know, it was just downtrodden and all his buddies were downtrodden and it's like okay away you go back to brazil or wherever you know i'm sure they hang out but well he was a guy that was right on the cusp of qualifying a couple years ago and it's like just barely didn't qualify and now where is he ranked you know like now he's just in the back of the pack and nobody knows like yeah his his dream was dashed a couple years ago he's still fighting it out i've got that heat right here heat three of round one he um the average nickel or something yeah he got beat by yaden nero and keikoa casimero yeah um but the all he needed was all he needed was like a 2.3 to get through the heat and he was scrambling around and just yeah the seconds were ticking off the clock and he was just always out of position well the average wave score in that heat was 3.35 yeah that's pathetic i know like that's an indicator of the wave quality in that exactly for but you, you know, as Yaden got a seven, you, can you imagine what he, he just did two turns and right. like 7.5. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. Tough going for all those guys, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great names on this list uh, or who lost in that first round. Um, so along those lines, though, let me give you a rundown of the QSers that are being added to the CT in 2016. Obviously, it's not a finalized list yet. There's a lot in flux, but these names that I'm going to mention are like mathematically qualified for the tour, you know, there's others that can be added and, um, but none of these will really get bumped off at this point. They're pretty much guaranteed a spot. Jack Freestone. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Like free surf career, or I guess we're not allowed to call it free surfing anymore. Right. Professional. Yeah. You've got that list too. Jack Freestone. Oh, okay. So Jack Freestone, um, Australian Kiowa belly. Alejo Muñiz is going to requalify. Um, he was only off for requalified, or they're on the cusp of requalifying. These, this says top ten rated surfers as the tour moves into Hawaii. Yeah, but they're mathematically going to make it. Okay. Yeah. No matter what happens, and pretty on, much no matter what on happens. The CT. Yeah. Um, so Jack Freestone, Kaiwa Belly, Alejo Muñiz, who's been off tour for a year, but he's going to qualify again uh, and make it back on. Kanoe Igarashi, Alex Ribeiro, those guys are pretty much guaranteed. And then from this point on, these guys are likely to qualify. Um, Davey Cathels, Connor O'Leary, Ryan Callanan, Michael Rodriguez, Connor Coffin, Stewie Kennedy are 13th and 15th. So they could if they do really well in Hawaii, but it's not really, you know, for sure yet. Um, among those names, who of them do you even know? Well, like I know Stu- them all, but who yeah, do you no, know? Is I it? know who Stu Kennedy is. Like he's always been on the cusp. He I think he was Tomos. on. He, he might have been on tour for a year. Once, too, yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot like the Rodriguez. Did you mention a guy named Rodriguez? Yeah, Michael I, Rodriguez. I have no idea who he is. There are many, you know, nine out of ten, I couldn't pick out of a lineup if they were in front of me. Yeah, but um, you know, which again sort of speaks to what I'm always telling you. Like, talk to me when they're in the top ten. Otherwise, yeah. there's a pool of talent. I get it. You know? Yeah. Like, I actually have thoughts on each of these guys. I was curious if you even... Well, I do. Like, Alejo Muniz is a, is interesting. He's a competitor. He's going to be a guy that's just going to be kind of a blue-collar Brazilian guy that'll do some damage on tour, probably won't ever get into the top 10, but will have his moments at certain breaks and take guys out. He's 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 been around long enough that he knows how to get it done. He, um, he's a guy that actually we've seen the best performances out of since he's been off... Tour. Didn't he come in as a wild card and do really well somewhere? He, he did. And this year, like, yeah. he, like Chopu or somewhere, like 
And last year, when he was going to get kicked off tour, he showed up at Pipeline and took out uh, title contenders right. like Kelly yeah. Slater and stuff. Right. Like, yeah, he had a he run. He got that yeah. nine nine, or maybe it was a ten at backdoor that I thought was like the best wave of the event. It right. was insane. Yeah, and it kind of got overlooked because John John was doing his thing and Julian and Gabriel and stuff. But I mean, again. Well, that's the one name that that sticks, and then Connor Coffin. I'm I'm excited to see a North American guy. Anytime, yeah, I can get a North American guy on tour. That's who I want to root for. Along with Kanoa, Kanoa's on, right for sure. Um, Connor's in 13th. If he does well in Hawaii, he could get on. So, what's interesting um, about this list? Mainly Australian. There's let me see one, two, three, four. Uh, mainly Australian and Brazilian. Four Australians, uh, four Brazilians. Two United States surfers. Um, among the Australians, like Jack Freestone, obviously we know, Davy Cathels, Connor O'Leary, like those are guys that I've seen on the QS, but they're not really A list contenders as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't be surprised if they qualified and then got booted right back off, like we saw with Mitch Cruz and um, Dion Atkinson, you know. The Brazilians now, I mentioned, or you may, mentioned. May I interrupt? For yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. What interests me is, first of all, the the nationality breakdown sort of mirrors what's on tour anyway. A lot of Brazilians and Australians and just a very few North Americans. Secondly, you're a guy who watches a ton of surf media. You're on it. You're, you're very plugged into what's happening. And you don't necessarily know these guys as well as you know some of the, for lack of a better phrase, free surfer pros. Right. Like, yeah. Which speaks to the grind that is the QS. So these guys are out there. Every day at some crappy beach break in Virginia Beach or wherever they right. are trying to get points. And they don't seem to have the time then to put in the effort to get video clips made, to do all of that marketing right. that the other guys have. So you know guys, you're more familiar with guys. The surf world is more familiar with guys that are doing all this social media web edits. 100%. And it's, it's unfortunate that these guys are out there trying to bust their butts or they are busting their butts to make the tour. And we're like, who are they? I don't even care about them. I'd rather see Clay Marzo on tour. That guy rips. You know, totally. There's that mentality that's unfortunate. Well, I've seen Davey Cathols and Connor O'Leary winning heats, and I watch those events, but I don't care about their surfing. You know, it's like I see their name. They're like, I'm like, okay, they surf good, and they did deserve to win that heat, but I don't care. Like, I'm not... I don't I don't want to even You're watch them free surf. You're not invested yet, you know, because yeah. you, you, haven't, you haven't bought in because you haven't seen... Yeah, whatever. They surf good and they surf like a bunch of other people, but there's you nothing sound of like interest. me right now. You're I sounding just like me. Well, so Jack Freestone, on the other hand, and Kyle Belly, the guys in the first and the second position, I actually am enamored by their surfing. Like those guys rip, and they've ripped for like I remember seeing them surf lowers five years ago. Each of them separately and being blown away by how good they surf. Now, one name that you mentioned, Michael Rodriguez. You don't even know who that guy is. Like I've seen him surf and was he is an A list talent. No, 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 no. Don't laugh. Like, here's the deal. He like, is... Like Carlos Muniz? Like Felipe Toledo, actually. I've watched him surf and go, holy crap, this guy's Felipe talent. Like, Felipe level talent. And I would not be surprised if he did what Idolo Ferrer did this year. Like, he'll show up and blow up, and guys will be like, where did that come from? Now, I think that, that the talent pool in Brazil of guys that you've never heard of that have no commercial backing is obviously deeper and vaster than anywhere else in the world. Like there's phenomenal surfers in Australia, but there's also all this infrastructure and they get coached and all that sort of thing. In Brazil, you get these 
guys who come out of nowhere who then just take over. And and I think Michael Rodriguez is a guy who could very well do that. Now again, I think he's in the tenth position, so he's or maybe eleventh, so he's not really like guaranteed a spot yet. But I'd love to see him do well in Hawaii and uh, ruin some dreams, dash some dreams. Alex Ribeiro is in that. He's actually in the sixth position, and he could also do that. He but he's kind of more like. I, he's amazing, but I don't know that he's Mike. Like I think Michael Rodriguez could actually, you know, dash them all. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not. You know, I'll be more excited when I see him lay down the gauntlet at Chopu or wherever. You know, like, like when you that. really see a young surfer kind of come into his own, and you're like, wow. You know, like the way we've seen Felipe Toledo in the past few years. Idolo is Idolo is the best is a example. Full surprise, yeah. yeah. Best example of a guy who just. Nobody had any expectations for him. Most people didn't even know him. Most people still can't pronounce his name. And he's just smashed guys. Idolo Dantas. <laughs> Wiggly <laughs> yeah. Ferreira. Aren't they the same guy? <laughs> Italian Ferrari is the best. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'm actually excited about all that stuff. I, I'm very sad to have a conversation with you about Matt Banning, who one year ago I was just like, you wait and see. Thank and you. he actually did show up, I feel like, but got injured in J-Bay. And that's why we haven't talked about him since. Yeah, which I is mean, injuries are lame. It's un- yeah, that is unfortunate. You know, it's not his fault, but it is what it is. Um, how he bounces back from an injury, we'll see. I mean, injuries oftentimes do more emotional, mental damage than they do physical. It's just hard to get over the hump. You see all these young guys out there getting all the attention while you're sitting at home with a knee brace on or whatever it is, and totally. And bummer. It's a total bummer, and who knows if he'll even get the injury wild card for next year. You know, I think there's a couple guys vying for it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like he might have to go back and grind it out on the QS again. Aren't there three or – no, there's two injury wild cards available? Yeah. yeah. There must be four guys, like Dusty Payne, right? Yep. He, it seems like every year he's running – He's Jordy. Jordy will get it. Jordy will get one just based yeah. on yeah. industry – Influence and yeah, quite I frankly, agree. I think everybody wants to see Jordy on tour. Yeah, and he deserves to be on tour. Totally. Um, so Jordy's. So there's really only one, and and Matt Banning yeah. and there's a who else is injured? There's a couple of other guys. Yeah, I can't think quite of it off guys. the top of my head actually. Yeah, but they're definitely like B level guys. Yeah, there like, was a few this year. I don't know why I can't think. Was of Brett them. Simpson one? No, 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 no. He's had an injury, a nagging injury, but he hasn't really been missing events for it. Um. So last week you gave your top 10 most influential or what, what was it influential or important no, it was the surfers. surfer pole awards. Yeah. Your own personal. Sp- it was no, the surfer pole awards. It was the surfer pole awards. You're I are going to attach surfer magazines name no, to your said, list. It, yeah. It's the surfer pole awards. How, how about surf pole awards? Just surf pole. <laughs> so it's not attached to <laughs> the down the line radio surfer pole awards. There you go. Fair enough. So meaning the results are in, I mean, your results, we've are got in. The, my, my, ballot wasn't cast last week we've got the secret we hacked into the down the line surfer pole awards website and we've got the results prior to them being announced on december 6th at turtle bay well then i need you to clarify is it the most <laughs> influential surfers or is it the most important surfers or the favorite surfers well, or i look at it when i'm filling out my poll i look at it like who's the most interesting interesting who's is interesting? the operative word then. because interesting is clicks and we're in the world of clickbait Perfect. Interesting. That's why William Finnegan was the number one guy on my list. He's the most interesting surfer in the world this year. Perfect. Because I've compiled my own list, 
which is actually better than your list. <laughs> and That's impossible. Not impossible. Right. Fully possible, actually. And I wish we could rehash my list real quickly for listeners who didn't hear the last episode. But well, would you like me to pull it up for you? Could you just could you just riddle it off so that we have it there so we can riff on it? I can indeed. Um, I, I fully disagree with your list, by the way. Number, That's fine. Number 10, Dane Reynolds. Number 9, Adriana DeSouza. Number 8, Matt Parker of Album Surfboards. Number 7, Mason Ho. Number 6, Gabriel Medina. Number 5, the WSL uh, commentary team. Number 4, John John Florence. Number 3, Felipe Toledo. Number 2, Kelly Slater. And number 1, William Finnegan. Okay, that was my list. That Sur- was- that's the surfer poll winners. Those are your winners, folks. Your winners? No, those are your winners. Those are the public's winners. You should say my winners, meaning your winners. Because they're not my winners. No, yours nope. is in the global listening audience. Nope. So here's my list, okay? All right. And here's why it's better than your list. I think everybody will agree. <laughs> oh There's God. no Adriana DeSouza on it. There's Adriana no WSL DeSouza commentary team. It's very interesting. So is the w- we, all we do is talk about Adriana DeSouza and the WSL commentary team. We talk about them a lot. The WSL They're very commentary team isn't a person. It's a bunch of people. Who you use that? Be- yeah. Who said that? They're all the the same thing. They're all all people. Here's my list. Just listen up. (laughs) Number 10, I'm going to agree with you on number 10, Dane Reynolds. Because Dane is obviously an incredible surfer who we all love to watch. We have our our negative things to say about Dane as well, but... He's interesting. You got it. You got it. But his... His fiance slash wife, Napkin Apocalypse, is almost (laughs) more interesting than he is. Agreed. So, number nine... I actually have a top five list, but then I feel because like you have failed me already. All right, number nine, yes, Derek Riley. That's a good one. I like that. Derek Riley good for choice. founding not only for co-founding Stab, but then Beach Grit, which is endless source of entertainment for you and I. We love, right? Yeah, Beach Grit's great. Okay. I mean, it's it is what it is. It's it's sort of like this sophomoric um, Beach Grit, like they. They want to kill you with a thousand cuts, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's know? a good way of putting it. Yeah. Wow, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that should be their new tagline. We'll kill you. They with have a thousand. good. They have a good tagline. Actually, something to do with surf hard candy or something. Yeah, they do. I um, tried to pull their website this morning. I was twenty five instead of fifty. Beach Grit would be my go to place for entertainment, surf entertainment. Yeah. Ultra I'm hard. a little older. I'm, it's a little bit. You know. I yeah. don't know. It's just a little sophomoric, but well, I really there's, there's there's moments of glory in there that I love. Here's the deal: I really appreciate Derek Riley, the work that he does, and what he's contributed to the surf community. That's you know? that's the thing. That's is that what, I what like. they've contributed is good. You know, like the fact that they've semi broken the paradigm. Yes, even though it was broken down a little bit by guys like Lewis Samuels and those types that were like, "Screw the mainstream surf media. Let's do this." Yeah. Yeah. So they've. They've reshaped that that mold a little bit, and by the way, um, follows through. Like he's been at it for a while, and he came in with a lot of steam, and it's like, all right, this is awesome. But we've seen, like Lewis Samuels, him do it strong for nine months or a year, and then fade away, and we don't really hear from him anymore. Like Derek's delivered day in and day out for a long period of time, you know? So I really admire that. And um, bravo, beachgrid.com is their website. Ultra hard surf candy is their tagline, by the way. Right. But and I they're like- just so tongue-in-cheek that even some of the stuff where you kind of go, you wince a little bit, you get it that they're they're sort of just poking fun at everything. Completely. Yeah, no, they're not being serious. Well, I know, but as opposed to some of the others in that sort of genre, if you will, that are more like um, just attacking for attack's sake. Agreed, yeah. 
No. So Derek Riley, you're my number nine surfer pole winner. Uh, number eight, Owen Wright, actually. I feel like Owen, I mean, the guy, he's a workhorse, but what he did at Cloudbreak really, really, really impressed me. Multiple tens. Like, I, I hadn't really seen anybody dominate waves like that. I guess I saw it with Felipe Toledo and the Gold Coast. No, we've seen people dominate waves like that. No, yes, dude, not have. in a long time. Name well, okay, not... Um, no, I have. I have. But John John, the John John Kelly final the year before at Chopu was insane. John John in general at Pipeline rivals no, at Chopu, that. I'm talking about. Oh, Just the oh, year before. Oh, the semifinal. Yeah, the semi. Thank you. The yeah, semis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't feel like he really. Both of those guys. Yeah, that one heat was incredible. Yeah. But what I'm saying is Owen Wright showed up to the event and got tens throughout. Like he dominated from the beginning to the very end. And he was just so in sync throughout the entire week. It was. I agree with you that he is interesting. Yeah. So I will agree with that. That I can I can see how he would make your top ten or perhaps mine. I'm keeping not an easy list to make. No, it isn't. But that really is something that that stood out for me from a guy that I never really cared about before, Owen. Um, Number seven, I'm keeping as your number seven. You had him as number seven as well, Mason Ho. Every time I see anything with Mason Ho online, I click play. Like, yeah. he's that interesting. I want to hear him talk. I want to watch him surf. I want to hear his post-heat interviews. Like, all of it I love. Number six, Matt Miola. Maui goofy footer. Clay Marzo replacement. Matt, like, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> That's um, pretty good. <laughs> so he is, to me, like, he's charging jaws. He's doing insane airs. He's getting really not enough press as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He did the spindle flip the morning I showed up to the boardroom show, your event in Del Mar. I pull up Instagram, and he's doing the spindle flip, and it's like, what is this? And then you watch any video that they put out of him. He does five air rotations that don't have a name that I've never heard before, never seen before. Yeah. You know, like he's that insane. He's almost doing so much of it that it just falls on deaf ears. You're not even sure. It was like Joe Cremo and Justin Madison in the 90s in those Lost videos doing shove-its and varials and stuff where it was like, well, I don't even know what this is. Can't process it. My brain isn't ready for it. <laughs> right. You know, like... And then 10 years later, Julian Wilson does one and people flip out. Yeah. You know, because now we're ready to see it. That's who Matt Miola is for me. And and by the way, you could throw Albie Layer in with I was Matt just going to say that they're almost, that's like the WSL commentary team. Like they're almost the same guy. They they surf entirely differently and they do different rotations but and airs. But they're basically like but they're from two the same guys area. from Maui that do everything incredibly, but you really couldn't pick them out of a, I, could, I don't even I know could. what they look like. I could. But they, but they do everything together as well. They surf together. They put edits out together so they get lumped in together. They deserve more credit than they're getting. For sure yeah. they do. For sure. Okay, so here's my top five. Top five is more important than the bottom five. Uh, Mick Fanning, number five on my list. Super- did you already say him? No. I oh. did Owen Wright. Same thing. Nope. <laughs> so Mick Fanning, super hard work ethic. I feel like... He's from the old class who is just battling it out with the younger guys. In a world where Mick Fanning and Kelly Slater are like falling down, not Mick Fanning, Joel Parkinson and Kelly Slater are falling down the rankings because these young bloods are like coming at him from all angles. Mick is standing there, fending him off with the biggest sword. He reminds me of Pete Sampras. He's just like this. It's just super studly champion that you're just going to, you're going to have to beat him. He's not going to make a mistake. And you're going to have to beat him with a better serve or something, you know? Totally. And, and uh, he does have that vibe. You know? So pull up the text message you sent me with Chas Smith's um, 
soliloquy about Mick Fanning because I want to argue with it. Okay. Do you have it handy? I do. Bear with me. What, what, give me the precursor. Where did this come from, by the way? I saw it on Beach Grit. Okay. Um, I'll read it for you. This is yeah, from Chaz see. Smith at Beach Grit. He says, I am, for better or worse, richer or poorer, a fan of competitive surfing, but watching Mick Fanning's hunchbacked approach floating a slow-mo two-foot piece of Portuguese beach break is awful television. It is supremely awful when compared to the National Football League, but it is equally awful compared to Kurt Russell's award-winning Big Trouble in Little, Little China. Random movie reference. It is awful. It is awful compared to the women's ice skating we watched together earlier in the day. It is awful compared to the Chevy Chase franchise vacation remake we watched last night, which is a funny movie. It is awful compared to anything and everything because that Portuguese contest was A, lame, and B, whatever. So that's Chaz, his latest so I, scribblings on Beach Grid, <laughs> which I sent to David last week. Which... And he's referring I, to him, he and his daughter were watching. Yeah. The Portuguese event was repackaged for television on ABC or ESPN. And he was watching that. And his daughter was like, would rather watch Chevy Chase's vacation or some other awful thing relative to the WSL uh, on TV. That's my first bone of contention. That movie was excellent, by the way. <laughs> I agree. The vacation remake. It wasn't excellent, but it was. It was funny. Funny. I watched it. I went. Went to the movie theater to watch that with my family, and I enjoyed it. I saw it on the plane back from Europe and, like, was cracking up. It was so sophomoric and so crude, yeah, but so funny. You like, gotta, yeah, you got to know that going in. Totally. I thought it was great. So, Chaz, I fully disagree with your movie uh, review. But I like Chaz. I like the way he writes. He's funny. I get it. And he does – he's felt that way about Mick Fanning forever to the point that he got beat up about it. You know, like, that was part of his book. Um, but I fully disagree with him. Like, Mick has become super interesting to me. And he he got he has a little bit of that hunchback style, um, especially <laughs> surfing the, the beach breaks. When he said that, I'm like, yeah, he does. I've never really noticed that before, but he does. Yeah. But in his, like, pragmatic picking apart of the contest criteria, and that's what he's doing. He's surfing to the judges' criteria. There's really a lot of interesting nuance in that to me. You know, like I've found that to be super interesting that he's able to really pick it apart and do it better than anybody else. His work ethic, his um, longevity, you know, he's going for his fourth world title. Like that's all super interesting to me. So he is a, a classic Australian ocker sporting champion. Like the, totally. the nation loves him and they should. And he really represents that well. And he also does it. Like he comes through when you need him to come through. Agreed. I think he got robbed in Portugal, by the way. He got beat by um, Tiago um, Perez? No, not Perez. Not Camarao. The other one. <laughs> Tiago, Tiago? No, Frederico Moraes. Oh, Frederico. Him. Frederico, not Tiago. Oh, him. Federico beat him, the wild card, and I mean everybody. They they interviewed or they the camera was in the locker room with Kelly Slater and Mick discussing the heat after the heat, and Kelly was like, "Dude, I don't, those judges are tripping." Really? They, yeah. they did that on the WSL it was, broadcast. It was live. Oh, it was did they live. cut away real quick. No, no, no. They let it play out, and then the commentary team commented on it. You know, they're like, "Oh, well, Kelly has different opinions than the judges or whatever," right. but it was like. Mick got robbed. Everybody knows it. So, and he's going for a world title, so it mattered. And he had. I mean, they were subjectively judged by a group of guys that don't surf <laughs> as good as the guys in the water, and and you're calling it robbery. I'm calling it standard. That's true. That is a problem. All right, number number four on my list. Yes, Julian Wilson. 
Julian Wilson, a guy who was on the cusp of not re-qualifying last year, ends up winning the Pipe Masters, and now this year was in contention for a world title. And not only surfing incredibly well throughout the year, but for me, the highlight of Julian was the free surf edit that he put out a couple of months ago that was set to that RZA song. That thing was so gnarly. Like that was one of the highlights of the year of any video clip that came out for me. So Julian Wilson jumped skyrocketed into my number four position. Number three, Scott Bass. Yes. You're going to love. Number three. Tatiana Weston Webb. <laughs> Who? What's he do? Yeah. <laughs> Tatiana is my number three spot. Okay. Female surfer. Yeah. Which you did not stipulate. I don't want, even want to hear you argue. This is a men's list because you did not stipulate. Look, here's the deal. Surfer Pole Awards is broken up into men's and women's. You did not make that's that just distinction. A known. That's a given. Nope. You didn't make that distinction. Really? Nope. That's the way it's been for 30 years. That's just what it is. Nope. I gave my men's list. This is my list. The 10 most <laughs> well, interesting. List. You said the 10 most interesting male surfers. surfers. You didn't say male ever. That's a given. No, go back to the tape from last week. Oh, what you did say last week is, well, maybe one day I'll do a women's list. But you didn't say this one had to be men. So anyway, Tatiana, most in, third number Third most interesting surfer this year for me. Again, like Idolo Ferrer, kind of came out of nowhere on the women's side of things and just smashed girls. She's a great surfer. Smashed girls. She's a great surfer. Backhand approach, like pretty much Powerful. unbeatable. Pretty much unbeatable. Like uh, Bianca Butendog's kind of right there with her, but like it's really hard to beat. It's kind of Freddie P-esque, I would say. Just Oh, my. She'll go like 10 vert backside turns, smashing it. Then you send her out a cloud break and she gets the GoPro, a winner out there, like gets shacked. She got a super good barrel in Portuguese beach break, um, super tubos. When the waves got big and hairy, she took off on a bomb, not only got shacked, came out and smashed the clothes out. Like, and it wasn't like come out, reset her footing, go down the line and then smash it. It was like, Come out of the barrel, bottom turn, bang, into this big closeout and got a 10 for it. It was pretty gnarly. It was really, really gnarly, Here's the actually. Deal. Here's the deal. You didn't even see that wave because you don't even watch the women's Here's here. the deal. Yeah. Tatiana is a great surfer. I am not doubting that. And I have watched some of her heats, and I've seen the GoPro clip at Chopu. And there's no doubting Tatiana rips. But Tatiana. like millions of other red-hot surfers that nobody knows, nobody cares. I fully care. That's you why do. she's number three. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But my point is, is that Surfer Pole Awards, most interesting people in surf, I would be blown away if you interviewed or questioned 100 people. Even, where is she from? Maui or something? Kauai. If you went to Kauai and asked for, what's your top 10 surfer pole? Like, none, I don't think hardly anyone would put her on the list. You could not be more wrong. Okay. And I, maybe I am. <laughs> you're I so myopic. To... You're still talking about Kelly Slater. He was on your he was your number two spot on your list. Dude, Kelly like, Slater is completely interesting. Did you hear what he did recently? Yeah, I'm I'm a big Kelly fan. I'm just saying oh, the world has, right. the world has grown. The world has grown since <laughs> Yeah, Kelly's not interesting. No, he's super interesting. Okay, but I'm he's just not saying, on your list. No, well here's the thing. We are surfing's foremost podcast experts we need to es excavate right. the tatianas of the world everybody I, already knows I kelly love, slater I love we're here Tati. to we're here Tati. to share new that's things that's not the list the if list people, isn't who who we should share most should. interesting right exactly yeah. she's super interesting here's the deal we're not here to tell people what they already know we're here if they don't if they don't say tatiana's on their number one list 
We need to educate them why they should, and right. that's why I'm here. Good. Love me some Tatiana. Yes. All right. So, uh, number that's an interesting choice. I'll give you that. Well, isn't it an interesting list? That's what it is. Top 10 most interesting surfers. Yeah. I mean, I mean she's an interesting choice. Yeah, Bang. People could argue that Matt Parker wouldn't be on anyone's list but mine, too, but all right. But I didn't argue because it was your list. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we here to argue? We are. Okay. So, number two, you cannot argue with. Yes, I can. Nick Woodman. <laughs> <laughs> GoPro Nick? GoPro's founder, Nick Woodman. GoPro stock has taken a hit. I got out right at the right time, by the way. <laughs> Man. It's at 20 bucks. What's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy back in. I looked at it today. It was at 20. I'm going to buy back in under 20. So, so GoPro, they're going through this thing where they want to be a content producer rather than a hardware company, right? They're this camera hard goods company now, and they're trying to transition. And I imagine there's a lot of infighting on the board of directors about what we're doing and how fast we're getting there and and... You know, I guess what's happened is the market's like, oh, they're they don't believe in their hard goods product anymore, so let's sell. Yeah, and there's competing products coming out. There's, you oh, know, there's and gonna all be every phone is gonna yeah. be a GoPro. Right. And I mean that's the writing on the wall, but my point is is that Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the market's going, Oops, time to you know, are can they be Red Bull? Like do we need because that's what Red Bull is, right? They're basically just a content production company. Right. Well, still, Nick Woodman did it. First, he did it better. He did it. He's changed the game for surfing, and that's why he's number two on my list. It's a great call. Yeah. I'm not going to argue it. It wouldn't have been one I would have even thought of. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about Nick Woodman is that I remember him being at those ASR trade shows You know, back in 2009. Like I said, 1999. I told you this before. I don't know if you recall this. Those GoPros used to have film in them, black yeah, and did. white film. I can't believe it, but you did tell me and that. They were horrible. <laughs> yeah. And he was sitting there in his little eight by ten that he probably scraped from, you know, the money together from his couch to his, pay for it. His dad, fifty thousand dollar loan. That's how it started. Yeah. And um and he just plugged through and I, I you know, I for I I remember being one that, you know, internally I was like, This thing's not gonna work. This Absolutely. And you know what? Right place at the right time, took off, good for him. But not I mean, really, I get what you're saying, but not even right place at the right time. Like, he got thwarted over and over and over again. Like, smashed down, ran out of funding, couldn't get funding. Like, everybody yeah. said he was wrong and just persevered. Yeah. So, it was right place at the right time after he navigated a million obstacles and bruises he, he and scraped his yeah. knees. And, like, so Nick Woodman, the guy's a hero for that, in my opinion. Hey, you no know pun I mean? intended. The GoPro hero. <laughs> I didn't even try to do that. Yeah. All right. Number one on the list. John John Florence. There's no arguing. Like, John John is the most interesting surfer in the world right now. He's the best surfer in the world. He is the best surfer in the biggest variety of conditions. He's strangely seems to be the most humble surfer in the world. Like, he's fascinating to me. I love me some John John. <laughs> he's got, he has a pilot's license. Like, a, there's no, you can't, you can't argue with that. I'm uh, not going to be able to argue with that. He was number two on my list, right? I thought Kelly was number two. On oh, maybe list. he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kelly might have been too. Well, that's a dovetails nicely into my viewing of the premiere of View from a Blue Moon. Yes, John John Florence's Great signature movie. film. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, uh, best surf flick ever. Oh my god! Period. Really? That's my review. Done. I, I was talking to um, a friend of mine, Taylor Devine, in the water the other day. Shout he, out! Yeah. Taylor. Taylor. You know Taylor? No. It's Jeff Devine's son. There you go. Good guy. Really good surfer. And he was saying, he was talking about the Vulcan movie. Mm -hmm. 
The one that has a lot of South America in it, Chile and Peru. Psychic Migrations? Yeah, Is that said, the name of it? He, said he liked that one better than the John John movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Based in the the whole 4K thing versus the film thing, he really liked the film uh, thing. That's- yeah, yeah. I, I mean, here's the deal. I'm not going to argue with that. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally Free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. John John. View from a Blue Moon. They did this five city simultaneous premiere all around the world. Hawaii, Tokyo, Australia, Newport Beach which is where I saw it, rented out this glamorous theater in Newport Beach that has these reclining chairs. Which one? Ah, I think it's called, it was the Edwards, like Big Six or something okay. in Fashion Island mm-hmm. or South Coast Plaza. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Fashion Island. Fascist Island. You were there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's what, dude. I don't really go. You just had your John John goggles on. You're like, Whatever. Fully, dude. So they rented the whole thing out. Like, I don't even think you could get tickets because I tried to get tickets like through their website and it was sold out immediately. Like when they first advertised it, it was already sold out. And I think they just gave tickets to everybody in the industry who wants to go. So I got, when I couldn't get tickets online, I got the hookup tickets. But um, anyway, reclining chairs, giving away free gear, got free sunglasses. You know, it's like such a rad event that they put on, sponsored by Hurley and Spy and all these people. Yeah. Um, On this giant screen in 4K. It was the most stunning visuals of any surf film I've ever seen. Cinematography-wise, like super theatrical, like a Hollywood-level production. So the the visuals are incredible. John John surfing, unbelievable. Like a clips galore. When you watch a lot of these surf films, you know there's a clips that are there. The surf film is kind of pinned around, and then there's some filler. 
there was very, very little filler. It just went from like banger clip to banger clip to like, it was hard to process. Where, um, how long was the film? About an hour. Well, that's good. Yeah. Did it, so it didn't seem too long. No. There's a few sequences that I thought were a little too long. Like there's an opening title sequence that is all <clears throat> underwater visuals while they're doing, you know, the titles. That ran long. I feel like they were a little bit proud of all of the beautiful imagery that they got. And they it was the first time this has ever been done on this quality of, you know, cameras. And so they got a little bit proud, you know, right. and just like right. in hindsight, I think five years from now, we'll look back when there's more of these films out there that they'll look back and go, oh, we could have trimmed a little bit of fat. Yeah. But when you're watching it in the theater, it doesn't run. Like it, it was worth watching and it was that spectacular. If right. you're watching it on your computer, maybe you'll think it runs five or 10 minutes too long. There was one section in Brazil um, with Felipe Toledo, John John and Felipe, that was totally unnecessary. I feel like they invested in spending time there and they felt like they needed to then add it to the movie. Right. But they ended up surfing waist high waves doing airs that aren't be better than any airs that we see in the CT contest. And they aren't better than the other airs in the film. It was cool to see Brazil and some of like the B roll stuff walking around on the city streets of the people was all really beautiful. The helicopter shots were beautiful, but the surfing was kind of unnecessary. Right. Um, they do a West Africa section that's unreal. They do South Africa that's pretty amazing. They do um, Hawaii is unbelievable. Here's the deal. John John's airs are incredible, but the highlight of the film is really some of the front side rail turns that he's doing. Where in West Africa? Were they in Morocco? No, they weren't in Morocco. I'm not even sure where they yeah. were. Um, but it's super remote. Like, mm -hmm. no people, no right? anything. Yes. Mm, yeah. I think I know where they were. Okay. Um, offshore howling winds, like Baja looking. Yeah. 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 Getting shacked. Yeah. And Jordy Smith. So I was going to talk about John John's turns. I'll get back to that. There was a number of cameo appearances in the film. Matt Miola, the aforementioned Matt Miola, Albie Layer, um, John John's brothers. Really none of those people, Bruce Irons makes an appearance. Really, none of those people needed to be in the film. Like they, it's cool. Like they, they are really good surfers. But compared to John, John, he blows doors on all of them. And when you see him side by side, you're like, that was a gimme clip because. Well, you, you get the feeling that John, John's like, look, I really want these guys in my movie because yeah. I respect them. These, you know, and I'm yeah. sure that the editors are like, uh, okay, I'll squeeze them in here for you. <laughs> That's kind of what it looked like in hindsight. Like they're on the trip, so you got to include a clip of them. But John, John surfing is. So it's head and shoulders better. All that I don't even think it's that you have to put them in because they're on the trip. I think it's more John John's so humble. And so like, I agree with that. And he's more like, hey, man, I demand that you put these guys in because these guys are my guys. There's one wave of Nathan Florence at Chopu that we've all seen at this point. Yeah. That was like an insane paddle in that deserved to be in the film. There's a couple of Koa Rothmans that deserve to be in the film. And then, by the way, Jordy Smith's definitely deserve to be in the film. Like when you, we haven't seen Jordy in a while because of the injury, but like when you see Jordy on his a game, it's remarkable. Like it's undeniable. And you see John, John and you go, well, Jordy's right there with him. Like Jordy is gnarly. And so he's there in West Africa with, um, with John, John and gets a couple of those waves. And that was worth seeing. Um, so John, I was talking about John John Florence's frontside carves. 
he's doing car- these front side whip whippy the rail cars that then kind of go into an extended whip that never the board doesn't ever release it's never a release but he just gets this additional 20 degrees of rotation out of the turn that is just so gnarly so gumby like and flexible and just it's like nothing i've ever really seen before and he's doing it in crazy sections at Aukai when it's really really big or maybe it's gums or something that's these gnarly sections of the wave that you wouldn't ever think to do a turn like that in and he's getting this radical rotation out of it like in back into like the lip almost where it's barreling behind him and his board's getting up in there and then he gets he just spins or comes out of it with like a lot of grace and control and it's gnarly yeah it's like There's only a few guys that can do that turn. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Like it's never been done before. Yeah. And it gets overlooked because like I said, there's so many A clips. You go from that and then the very next clip, it cuts away. And then the next clip is him doing a massive backflip. Like literally he's doing backflips. Now was the crowd exuberant and rowdy or was it quiet? That's the other thing that I loved about this movie experience was people were respectful and quiet. I've I've been to raucous or ruckus like surf video premier, movie premieres where people are shouting. You can't even see like it. It wasn't crickets. Like you would hear people clapping and applauding at yeah. the right time, but there was nobody. People wanted to watch the film. People weren't drunk. People, <laughs> Is that what you're saying? people, that's a good point. People weren't drunk and they also weren't getting in the way of watching the film. Right. That's what I don't like. Right. Like I'm all for having a good time, but I'm here to watch John, John, and I don't want you, you know, inhibiting that experience. Right. So, um, did you let out any, yeah, John, John, you're my guy. I love one on my pole. I shouted out. (laughs) I want you to have my baby. Like, (laughs) I love you, John, John. I am your father. So John, John wasn't actually at the premiere. I mentioned that I thought that he would be, he was in the, he was in Hawaii at the Hawaiian premiere and Peter King was there. And so they released a tour notes video of that premiere, which I'll actually make a note to, um, embed. On surfsplendorpodcast.com if you want to check that out. Yeah. Um, So the movie gets released on iTunes and wherever you download movies on December 1st. So just a couple of weeks. I'm going to get into it. It, It's unreal, dude. Geek out. I'll wax up my Paisel and pretend I'm John John. Phenomenal song selections and music and all that. One other note about about the editing of the film. Um, Bill Ballard produced this, didn't he? He was one of the producers on it, yeah. We've got, like, the key names on this are John John and Blake Cooney co-directed. Eric Knudsen was the kind of director of photography, I think. You know, Blake did a lot of shooting as well. Um, And then Ballard was on the production team. A bunch of Hurley people were involved. Um, And then Brain Farm is the production company that John John partnered with to make this. And they've made other action sports films. Travis Wright's... Um, the art of flight or whatever that was Sean white, I think did a movie with him. Um, and so there's a big budget going into this. One other note though, about the editing is, um, they've really embraced this whole audio, like audio edit, audio editing in the film, which is something that I think has been overlooked in the past. Like they'll add a music track on surf films and maybe in a vocal track, you know, for guys who are doing narration and stuff. This had a whole additional layer of like audio stings and a truck passing by and like all these things that they turned up to volume 
12, you know, so it adds this extra element of pizzazz, I think, to the viewing experience. Mm. Um, Auditory impulse. Yeah. And I thought it was really hallucinating. It no, it it was really cool and like it added to the experience, but I think like they almost overdid it in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're out there collecting these sounds and then editing them in and like Well look, they're trying to break new grounds and that's probably one of the ways they probably had a meeting and they're like, gosh, you know what we could do that we don't you know, let's try some really crazy audio stuff and just see how it flies. I think it'll be cool and they It was cool. They all signed off on it and yeah. then they did it and it's you know, I think that they were breaking new ground here with different stuff you know i mean they did like you and i have talked so many times it is difficult to make something new in the surf media world you yeah know, it's so hard to like come up with something special totally and they and so they're i don't i don't want to say they're grasping at straws but they're expanding their horizons as to what might be possible and this must have been one of them they they nailed it i'm i'm i i think they again got a little bit too proud with the audio thing where they kind of pushed it a little too far but like what i mean is in the b-roll or in the introduction to a new location you know they'll show b-roll footage of um the people on the street and like a car passing by and rain droplets falling and all that stuff you know they probably went out and collected additional audio on and then layered it in and then boosted the volume on it so you hear the water droplets as if they're in your ear and that sort of thing is what I'm talking about. Hmm. Um, and it added to the experience, but again, I thought maybe it was a little bit overkilled, but in hindsight, they'll look back on it and be like, well, we could have toned that down a little bit. I don't think anybody else will have that complaint, but all in all, that's what we do here. We hyper micromanage all in all 10 out of 10, uh, a plus, job fully fully enjoyed it i love john john he's number one on my list because of it i can't wait to see him win pipeline this year and all of the free surf stuff wow edits and videos that they're going to put out of john john i'm a huge fan you got him winning john john for sure I mean, winning uh, pipe for sure cool um did you see here that um i don't know if you knew david eggers but david eggers yes. passed away yes I mean, I don't know how we didn't open the show with that, actually, because that's brand new news in the last day or two. Yeah, that's really sad. You know, David was, I mean, when he was a teenage, young teenager, even when he was 12 years old, 10 years old, this kid was the the deal. This guy was going to change everything. And quite frankly, he, he did in many ways. I mean, the few years that he was around, especially as an amateur, he was just um, blowing doors and just an incredible surfer. And, and San Diego guy, right? Yeah, La Jolla guy, Claremont. Um, and he just, you know, he just blew up too much too soon. But, um, I guess it, it, I'm reading here that they diagnosed him with schizophrenia at some point later in life, which may speak to some of the, um, the sadness in his life, which led to a pretty massive drug. And I don't know if it was alcohol. I know he had a drug problem and, um, sadly he just sort of, I guess, you know, semi destroyed himself, but, um, many in the San Diego community, um, and around the world, saddened, you know, by the death of David, way too young, 45 years old. And this guy was an incredible surfer. I mean, you talk about this was the guy like he was basically the Kelly Slater. Yeah. I mean, he was just he was like California's big hope. He was. And, and he backed it up. I mean, this guy was well, an incredible check, surfer. Check this out. Some details off Encyclopedia of Surfing dot com. Um, in December 1985, after amassing 225 trophies as an amateur, 150 of them for first place, including four U.S. titles, Eggers dropped out at the 10th grade, signed pro contracts with Gotcha and Billabong Wetsuits. Um, and in 
86, was ranked 34 in the world. His spectacular rise was followed by an equally spectacular descent, unfortunately. He quit the tour after only one year, which is kind of was shocking for everybody at the time. Um, and then, yeah, kind of spiraled downward with a little drug, um, with a not a little drug problem, but a drug problem. Um, I mean, out of 10th grade with hundreds of thousands of dollars at your disposal in La Jolla. Yeah, <laughs> you crazy. Know? Like, I, you know. Crazy. For the grace of God, there go I, you know. I mean, most there's not very many 10th graders that are mature enough to handle that type of situation. No, not at all. But um, died of a heart attack. I don't know if we mentioned that. Is was yeah. the cause of his death um, just a day or two ago, right? Yeah, two days Monday, ago, maybe Monday. Um, so yeah, super sad story. We'll have video footage and um, photos of David Eggers on surfsplendorpodcast.com and Scott's down the line radio.com. By the way, I am uh, I am redesigning boardroomshow.com, right? And it's going to include all of the down the line stuff. There's going to be um, a big down the line radio podcast presence there. That's where. Basically, all of the down-the-line shows are going to be there. The page that I create for each show will be there. So I'm getting rid of downthelineradio.com eventually here. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Speaking of website redesigns, and um, Stab Magazine obviously got purchased by Surf Stitch a number of months ago. We talked about that in the news, in this show. You could see the transition. If you're looking, if you're paying close enough attention, you could see like they're integrating now more. Um, Tatiana Testum Web. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> integrating more um, purchased content into their. Like it used to be that there's banner ads on the side and you could see what is um, entertainment versus what is p- purchased. Right. Now. They're filtering in some of the purchase stuff into like the video feed, basically. If you go there to watch videos, now there's a video of Rip Curl's Flash Bomb wetsuit featuring their team rider, you know? Oh, right. It's like, advertorial. Totally yeah, advertorial. Advertorial, yeah. yeah. They don't it, purchase it, they sell that space to Rip Curl. That's what I mean is yeah. Rip Curl purchases. Right, it, right. You yeah. know, and like there's a new Dane Reynolds video. I'm like, sweet, I'm going to watch Dane Reynolds surfing. It's old. No, no, no. It's, it's a Channel Rip- Islands video. Oh, yeah. Channel Islands produced video talking about their latest board with Dane as yeah. their, you know. So it's like little stuff like that and then a hyperlink to purchase the board, you know. So it's cool. Like, I get it. Everybody needs to be profitable. I'm not at all shaming it. No. And we're going to come to that same point yeah. with this show. And um, Sooner the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Channel way, Islands, speaking, you want us to talk about that video? Speaking of um, that topic, I have learned, I don't know if I told you this. I think I did. But I've learned that... Um, Kelly Slater is going to have his own surfboard label, Kelly Slater Surfboards. It's going to be manufactured really? by Firewire. And Rob Machado is going to have his – he already has Rob Machado Surfboards. Well, but, he's a shaper though. And those boards are going to be manufactured by Firewire. So Firewire is going to have Tomos, Kelly Slater's, Rob Machado Surfboards, and probably some others. Hmm. Um, well, com- Paisal, Paisal – I don't know if that's the same type of partnership I think or not. it might be. I, I okay. think so. I'm, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. A little it, but- different because Paisal's an actual shaper. You know, I don't know that Kelly would be – Kelly's signing off on the design, but he's not designing the board really, right? Kelly Slater Surfboards. Okay. I, I can't – that's all I know. I don't know. This I know, is kind of breaking news. I know that Kelly is – as you know, he's and everyone knows, he's heavily involved in surfboard design. So does he pick up – the planer, of course not. I don't think any of those guys do. But does he? Paisal does. Well, yeah, Machado but, does. But but even those guys are computer guys. Like they're they're designing boards based off of the computer. Yeah, which is fine. That's a, just yeah. another tool. But they my know point how to is is that planer. I mean Kelly can certainly get in there and and tweak 
with um, the design on the computer and does he grab a piece of sand, sanding sure. block and get at it? I don't know, but um, Kelly Slater surfboards and Rob Machado surfboards. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be breaking news. It is. Well, I mean, obviously the firewire thing isn't news anymore, um, but we were wondering how that was all going to pan out and like how, you know, what his involvement would well, be. And he I'm, hasn't really been writing the boards at all. I'm, or un- hardly. I'm on the understanding too, that Travis Lee, who's like basically, yeah, he was the channel islands guy with Kelly and just basically toured with Kelly and took care of all his boards needs. Well, he now works for firewire. Oh, really? so he's doing that same thing with Kelly. That's a huge news, breaking news story. Sort actually. of like parking lot. I don't, and I don't have a source other than somebody told me that in the parking lot. Okay, so, so it's not verified yet. It's not verified. Yeah, I okay. hate to be, the, you know, but I don't know why. You know, this guy wouldn't lie to me. So. Sure, no, no, no. Um, yeah, and by the way, Travis Lee wasn't just traveling with Kelly online or on tour. He was there for all, all of the, the, all of the Channel Islands yeah. guys. Now he's getting Nats boards and everybody. Adriano now, you know. Um, so interesting. Well, I'm curious to see what comes of that. Kelly Slater. Would you buy a Kelly Slater surfboard firewire? Um, maybe. I wouldn't you know, not I, buy I don't it. know why I wouldn't. You yeah. Know, like, sure. I, yeah. You know, any, any uh, I have too many surfboards. I, you know, the last thing yeah. I need is another surfboard, but um, I would certainly want to, you know, I, I'm a freak with surfboards. I'll ride anything. I like them all. I don't, you know, I think they all are valid on, on some level or another. They're going to put a smile on my face. You know, and I don't care if Kelly designed it or if, um, you know, some backyard guys. I, I actually love the backyard guys, like the real backyard guys that aren't even, that have real jobs and just make boards in their backyard. And you look at those and you go, wow, this thing's cool, man. You know, yeah. good for you. I really dig that. You yeah, know? yeah. So I, I'm just a surfboard freak. I'm not really a guy to put the litmus test on on whether I would buy it or not, you know, ride it or not, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I yeah. certainly, I would certainly. I don't know why I wouldn't. Goodness gracious, you know, right. the greatest surfer in the world. Yeah. He knows a lot about surfboards. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if, if he would design something that that I would like right. because he, you know, he's at a level well, everything- way beyond where I'm at. I mean, I'm just, I'm all about, can I catch the wave? I used to give people crap. I'm like, all you do is catch the wave and you're happy. And now that's kind, <laughs> that's of, where I, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm like, oh, I caught the wave. Happy- it's a success. What a successful ride I had. I'll back... <laughs> back it up a little bit even more like i just like getting in the water seeing the sunrise being like going through the ritual is adequate for me at this point you know and like of course i'm gonna catch waves while i'm out there but like i'm grateful to get tech to check those boxes well that feels at your age that's a mature place to be because you know i was running on just selfishness propelled by how many waves I could catch. And yeah. it's so liberating to be where you're at, where it's like, you know what? I love surfing for all of the elements, and, I, and I'm also going to appreciate them. I'm not going to miss those moments because of some hyper-focused yeah. um, desire to catch as many waves as I can possibly totally. catch. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm going to speculate about what Kelly's board design is going to be like, just kind of after, now that I've processed it for two or three minutes, like thinking about all the things that he's talked about, what I anticipate is that it'll look similar to what Tomo's doing. Like he, t- Kelly talks a lot about, um, he seems to go less volume, flatter, like planing hull style design. I wouldn't be surprised if he incorporated some asymmetry into the boards that he's making. Um, first of all, n- 90% of surfboards are planing hulls. Like, 
The only boards that aren't planning halls are, are halls that are displacement halls. But what I mean is more in the spectrum of the planning halls uh, of the surfboards, some are more planning hall-like than others. You know what I mean? And I see him veering that direction. Although we've seen him ride some of those Webers he was riding this year were super rockered out and like different. Yeah. So I don't know. Or maybe that was just him experimenting with the opposite end of the spectrum. I really don't know. But I would see him riding or designing things that look more similar to what Tomo's designing. Yeah. And maybe Tomo's part of that whole process. I really don't know. They definitely spend time talking design. You You know know what what I mean? Like the KS boards could be... The KS line could be a Tomo. The KS line could be, uh, you know, uh, a Weber. Yeah. The KS line could, you know, who knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, well, moving on, did you see a video of um, <laughs> Brad Domkey, that skimboarder, yeah. Yeah. surfing Nazare? Nazare, yeah. Uh, skimboarding Nazare. Yeah, skimboarding Nazare. Getting towed in, skimming Nazare. Why does he Why? skim everywhere? Like, what? I don't even get it anymore. Like, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, what create that next he's going to like drop in with a parachute <laughs> into like, into the wave garden on fire and ride and skimboard a wave totally. garden on fire with a parachute. It's like, why? Like, While getting chased by a tiger. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, Thank you. Yeah. Like they're going to put sharks with laser beams on their foreheads <laughs> yes. in the wave pool. And he's then he's got to dodge. A shark. He's got to dodge the laser beams. It's like, okay, we get it. You're a freak. So, <laughs> but here, next? like it is incredible, obviously. And like, but it's kind of last like, year when he did it at uh, maxed out Puerto Escondido, it was unreal. But why? Like you're not actually going to outrun the wave. You're not even going to make the wave. Like, what are you doing? I don't even get it at all. Like, I would way rather see him on functional equipment. And there was a video last year where the first half of it was him skimming unnecessarily, and then <laughs> and then the second half was him riding a thruster, doing airs, and kind of ripping. His style it, hasn't left he a little skimmed bit? at Chopu too. There was. I think I don't there, think it was Chopu. There was one other spot. It was like Puerto. I thought maybe he did it at Chopu, but maybe I'm just... Well, there was the motorcycle, yeah, Robbie I, Madsen that yeah, did the... Yeah, there's something else. Oh, well, anyway. But, like, I saw the why? Na- Nazareth... The why? Yeah, I, I saw the Nazareth thing, and I was just like, again? <laughs> like, what is... Why is he there? What is he doing? He's just like, I, I don't get it at all. I just By think- the way, Surfline has such a great Nazareth feed. Have you ever watched the Nazareth feed, like no. the cam? It's going off. Lately, it's been going off. They often put it up in their cam of the day thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good camp. Well, it gets good, by the way. Like, it's know, not it looks, just massive looks like mountains of water. Like, there's a lot. if it was three to four feet. It'd be uber powerful, like thick, mean. I've seen it. No, I've seen it when it. I've seen Kelly actually. Surf I've seen it. that footage too. Yeah, yeah, where it's like six feet and hollow lefts. Like, Almost not super too peaky hollow. though. Huh, yeah, like like a beach break. Yeah, kind of wishy washy beach break, yeah. but like still good. Oh yeah. Know? Um. So anyway, Brad Donkey, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, like. G- I want Garrett to call me when it's three foot. I'll be <laughs> not 38 or 48 or 58. All right. I've got must-see moments and a Duke and a kook for you. Okay. Must-see moment, virtual reality 3D surfing that GoPro has produced. Have you seen this? No. This is the most remarkable advancement ever. <laughs> Period. More remarkable than- Most remarkable advancement ever. Ever. Like crazy. Okay. So more than modern medicine, more than the internet, more than anything, actually. Puts the polio vaccine to shame. What is that? Like, (laughs) this is more important. So this video, it's not only remarkable in terms of the camera work, but 
the viewer that you use online to watch it, you can grab the screen and pull it to the right and the, the angle shifts to the right. They have 360 degree GoPros mounted. So they're capturing images from every angle. They somehow stitch it together in the edit bay afterwards. And then they've created this new video player that you use where, again, you take the cursor on the screen and move it anywhere and your angle changes. So there's guys, I think it's Anthony Walsh. There was a CJ Hobgood one getting barreled at cloud break, or maybe it was Chopu. I actually forget which, which it was. He's paddling into the wave. You can be looking at his point of view at the mountains while he's paddling into the wave or swivel it around to the left and see what's happening down the line. You could swivel it, sorry, swivel it behind him and see what waves are coming behind him. Where are these cameras mounted on his board? I, I'm not sure if he's holding them or if they're actually Is it one camera or a series. I of, think it's on. It's like a it, circle. I think a yes. circle of cameras in Ex- his hand. Exactly. I think it's actually on his board. Now that you say that, because you can get an angle of him right. surfing as well. Okay. So it must be on his board. It's freaking remarkable. Then and the you while you swivel the cam while you swivel your view while you're watching it. It doesn't stop and buffer. It continues on. So, like, you're watching the video while you're actually right. changing the angle. That it's the most cool. remarkable thing I've ever seen in my life. And then they'll the video that they have is like three minutes long, and it shows him duck diving and paddling out. And you can get the 360s of him duck diving, paddling out, paddling into the wave, getting barreled while you're in the barrel. Swivel the view back and look what it looks like into the pit. Swivel it to the curtain. See the curtain following. Swivel it to getting spit out all in real time. Like I said, it doesn't buffer and stop when you swivel it. It continues. It's crazy. The craziest, again, like I can't believe it's not like on the news, on every surf website. It's like it came and went and nobody seems to be impressed by it. Okay, I have a a Duke Kahanamoku. Okay. And it's Kelly Slater. And before you cringe. Shocking. Yeah, I knew you were going to go there. But he has teamed up with the Caring Group, which is sort of like... For lack of a better phrase, the parent company of Outer Known, the clothing, sustainable clothing company that, that Kelly's a part of. So is it the Caring Group or mm-hmm. the, yeah, the Caring Group? So they have launched this um, this campaign with white ribbons that basically is is um, bringing attention to um, abuse, the abuse of women. And um, Kelly. Um, has a few quotes in the press release. He's a part of this foundation of this movement. And he wears, you know, that you wear this white ribbon and Kelly's mom apparently went through some physical and emotional abuse. Um, and Kelly talks about that a little bit and just says, it's just, you know, we just can't stand for this. Yeah. And so, um, for that, uh, for, for standing up for, um, the horror that is physical and emotional abuse uh, against women. Uh, I applaud Kelly, and he's my Duke Kahanamoku. Awesome. My Duke Kahanamoku is 30-year-old South African surfer Josh Enslin, who set the unofficial world record for the longest surf session at 30 hours and 11 minutes. In the cold. South Africa. It was the frigid, man. Yeah. Like He's got booty, thick, wetty booties, gloves, uh, wetty hood. Um, it was all for charity, you know, right. like, and it was well documented. Um, but man, he like was, he was saying, and by the way, he caught 
a wave every four minutes. So it wasn't just like a long session where he sat there. It was an active session. 455 waves in total in the course of 30 hours. That's hard to do. Crazy. So he surfed throughout the night, obviously, in the dark. Why did he come in? Did it blow out? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think 30 hours and 11 minutes was enough. (laughs) Okay. Um, The wind switched. (laughs) Beat the previous record by 30 minutes. Um, But... Like he was injured. Like his, he couldn't see out of one eye by the the last hour or two. He said his left shoulder felt like it was just like a ton of bricks was on it. Was having a really hard time paddling, uh, but persevered, set the record, all for a charitable cause. So Josh Enslin, my Duke Kahanamoku. I've got the YouTube video. It's a three minute video documenting the process on uh, SurfSplendorPodcast.com. Cool. And then my kook of the week. Yes. The internet trolls who complained about Kelly Slater and Shane Dorian's Fiji giveaway. Did you see this? No. I was a, I'm a big <sighs> fan of that giveaway. Dude. Monies went to four different charities. One of them surfed. I, I don't even understand people anymore. They're just... They got nothing better to do. Internet haters. Like, what's the deal, dude? So... Insecurity. So this company called Omez approached Shane Dorian... With this charitable thing where it's like, hey, we'll send you to Fiji, you and a friend to Fiji, um, and we're going to do this campaign and a bunch of people donate to this good cause. We'll collect a ton of money for the charity. Yeah. And then you guys that the will pick a winner out of all the donors. The more you donate, the more chances you have to win. And we'll pick a winner and the winner gets to go with you and a friend to Fiji for a week. That's their prize. So Shane's like, yeah, I'll definitely get involved with that. And he reached out to Kelly. So Kelly was Shane's friend. Who who's going to go to Fiji with, and one lucky winner would get to go on this trip with them. Well, a bunch of people donated. There was a woman in the South Bay of Southern California, South Bay of Los Angeles, um, which is in Southern California, obviously, who donated $100, and she was picked as the random winner. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Um, turns out she doesn't actually surf. Okay. So Kelly Slater posted on Instagram, like, congratulations, um, this woman I actually – don't have her Stacy from Hermosa Beach, California, won the drawing. We're really excited to take Stacy to Fiji with us. Well, all the internet trolls chime in and she doesn't even surf, man. Stacy's not even a surfer. How could she go on this surf trip of a lifetime with Kelly Slater and Shane Dorian? Right. You guys are Barneys for doing this, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh Kelly Slater chimes in and combats against the internet trolls oh, and is that like was a mistake. <laughs> yeah you guys you like want- he's like this is all for charity who gives a crap whether she surfs or not maybe she will fall in love and become a surfer like yeah. why are you guys being such dicks about this yeah. you know well then of course then, everybody then else chimes on. in i mean we got let me i'll just read a couple of the people that oh, fought back with kelly don't give them too much energy now i'm not going to name them you're but you're kind of you're if you if They're you, my kooks. If you feed it, though, you're feeding them right now. You're feeding the trolls right now. That's what the kook section is about. You can't feed the trolls. They're going to be like, hey, man, did them. you hear David talk about me? We're making fun of them. I don't. All right. So one guy says, Jelly Kelly is washed up old bald piece of crap. Um, yeah, uh, you shouldn't have read that. Does that it, did not need to be read. One of them it. says, Kelly, cons- you're calling us an idiot? That's a little bit harsh. Considering I've been your fan since I was 10 years old. Keep playing the corporate. You can be a fan and an idiot at the same time. That's a good point, actually. (laughs) It's not like they're mutually exclusive. But I think what happened was what people were surprised by is that Kelly attacked some of these guys. Yeah. So my question to you is: PR blunder. Was it? Do you ever like my question to you? Do you ever address internet trolls? No. 
just let it go. Yeah. You just, what, what, what for? Or like, why? The yeah. question is, what's the upside? Is there any it doesn't upside? doesn't seem to be. Well, the only upside is that you get to vent, you know, your, you know, it's, it's, the answer is there's no upside, but in the moment you feel like you're kind of one of the lashing back. Carrier. Yeah, you're protecting, but you're not because you're, that's what they want. They're right. just like, oh, can you believe he actually bit the, <laughs> he bit the hook? Well, what I'm surprised by is that anybody, Kelly Slater, more than anybody, has the time to chime in. Like, if you He's have got a lot of time, what are you no, about? but dude, you he, the guy is five. He was on the golf course the other day with me. <laughs> was he? Yeah. What golf course? I'm not going to say. Okay. Um, did you talk to him? I mean, no, he, he was there I, at the same time you were there. Yeah, he was well, there You guys weren't playing around together. No. Okay. So, but what I mean is like, he's he'll post something, get a thousand comments. You open up that that feed and then read individual comments and then respond to them. Like, I don't have the time to do that. And I'm not as busy as Kelly is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm shocked. And it kind of reminds me, like, how much time do we waste on the Instagram or the internet as a whole, I think much less on internet trolls. A like, lot of the guys that are trolling the internet are doing it at work or at school where they're like, they're just wasting time. They're like, those dude. trolls got the time to waste. I'm just shocked oh, they're that getting Kelly paid. Slater. That's my point. Like, they're getting paid at work and they're like, what should I do? I could of finish my report or I could just go on Facebook and troll out, you know? And well, that I at understand. At the end of the day, the paycheck's the same. That part I completely understand. What I don't understand is Kelly opening the right. comment feed and then replying. Right. Like, who has the time for that? In in some regards, you know, Kelly's done this in the past, and and it's kind of neat that he that he, that he offers himself that yeah. in that way, you know, and it's sort of an innocent thing. That's kind of, you know, I mean, it's very rare, right, that somebody would even reply. And yeah. So, in some ways, he might win a few more fans just for trying engaging. To, yeah, just trying to yeah engage yeah. with them, but. Well, congratulations to Stacy for donating and yeah, winning. Stacey. Great, great job for Kelly and Shane for being a part of it and spending a week of their life doing this. Um, and the kooks are the internet trolls who shame Stacy for not surfing. That's the super weirdest thing I've ever even heard of. You know? Like, yeah. I don't get that. Doesn't surprise me. A lot of things I don't get this week, Scott. Internet trolls and, and Brad Domkey skimboarding. <laughs> I do not get it at all. And Tatiana Weston Webb on your list. Of I get that completely. Interesting. Actually. That is the smartest pick ever. No, good for her. You know what? It's all good. Even PT. I'm surprised said, you haven't commented on the women's tour coming down to the wire here at Honolulu Bay. It starts in like on the day. 22nd or something. Yeah, two days, three two days. days. Yeah, I really starts should. this weekend. Stephanie Gilmore's not in it. It's going. It's between Carissa and Courtney Conlog. They're going down to the wire. There's a whole series. They sent an email yesterday today. That has the breakdown, like what needs to happen for each of them, for one of them to win the world title or, or not. I think Chris is in the driver's seat. But I know you're a Courtney Conlog fan, right? I'm She's from your Court. hometown, isn't she? She is, actually. Yeah. I'm rooting for Court. Um, and I just love her work ethic and Doesn't all that. Doesn't she ride for Tim Stamps? She does. Or Tim makes her board. She's done great things for Stamps. Well, I, I would like to see Courtney win. Yeah. I would love to see Courtney win. Yeah. I'm rooting for Court. How and- is it that I'm bringing up women surfing right now and telling you what's going down? So you're falling in love with it. <laughs> the surfing's incredible. Honolulu is incredible. Uh, by the way, Fantasy Surfer, if you do play that, now would be a good time to get your money in for the women's event. We still got time for the men's event. But Do you take pesos? 
what does that mean? Are they doing the event in Mexico? Like, I don't even... <laughs> or are you just trying to show how little you care about women surfing? Is that what that joke was? <laughs> that you will only pay for it in pesos? I love... I have... I love women. Is there a place in Mexico that doesn't accept US dollars, by the way? <laughs> I think dollars are probably more prominent in Mexico than pesos are. Um, I've never even seen a peso, and I've been to Mexico, like, a lot. <laughs> um, so anyways, Fantasy yes. Surfer... Um, yes. Yeah, we need to discuss Fantasy Surfer our next show because we really haven't pay, paid any attention to that, and it's pretty exciting. Uh, so get your payment in. Uh, you can do it on surfsplendorpodcast.com forward slash fantasy dash surfer. has all the instructions there. By the way, if you are um, wondering what's going on with the North Pacific and why Hawaii has been sort of dormant and, um, and the West Coast of California, the West Coast of North America has been really sort of not bad. It's actually been good up in Central Cal and NorCal. Anyway, point is the jet stream is pushing everything way to the north. There's a big high-pressure blob in the uh, northeast Pacific, sort of around Hawaii and just to the east of Hawaii. And it's pushing all low-pressure systems way up to the north. So Pacific Northwest is getting a ton of really steeply angled north swell when we do get it. And um, it's, of course, bypassing the Southern California Bight so anywhere south of the harvest buoy um, is missing is not getting swell, and but there it, it's things are expected to change where the jets should drop down a little lower, and we'll get some more northwesterly uh, low pressure systems and waves. Awesome. Yeah. Well then, what else, Scott? Um, What's your email? Oh, you can reach me surftalksandiego at gmail dot com, and the. Uh, the new website. Well, it's the yeah. same website. Redesign's coming up soon. It actually hasn't happened yet, but it, it, we're working on it. Boardroomshow.com. In the meantime, you can go to downlineradio.com. Perfect. And then I'm at hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com. And then, of course, on social media at surfsplendor. Shout out to the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center, which is where we're broadcasting from today, by the way. Surfingheritage.org. The They're, foremost expert on all things surf. Yeah, and surf, surf history and all of it. And David, there's an incredible Rennie Yader exhibit oh, here yeah. right now. So if you're in the San Clemente area, just pull off the five, go east on Pico and come on up here and you'll see a really great uh, Rennie Yader exhibit. I've heard of him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yep. Awesome. Well, until next week or the week after. Next week's actually Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, so two weeks not. from yeah, two weeks. Tuesday or something. In two weeks, we'll have another show for you. Right before Pipeline. Right. Are we ever going to get paid for doing the show? How uh, are we going to get that to happen? We will. One day. All right. We're just going to keep our nose to the grindstone. Exactly. If you're a business out there that wants to sponsor the show, we would love to help you and your business prosper. So um, get a hold of us. Sounds good. All right. Until next time. Adios and aloha. And there you have it. Yet another episode. Episode 108, I believe, of Surf Splendor. That is a lot of... Actually, well, 109. Episode 109. So that is probably... Um, this This is probably our, I don't know, 160 of Surf Splendor, I would think, at this point. Definitely our long episodes. A lot of them are hour and a half, so... 
Probably looking at about 160 hours worth of content there for you for free. You know where to get it? SurfSplendorPodcast.com. Um, tell your friends, by the way. That is how we keep this snowball gaining momentum. All right. Thank you for doing that. Follow on social media. Send me a note. Uh, leave a comment on the website about today's show or whatever you want to do. All right. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week. Um, Thanksgiving week, I do have something in the pipeline. Even though Scott and I probably aren't going to meet, I have something that should be ready to roll out probably towards the end of the week. Um, So sit tight. I'll get that to you. And then we'll be back with Surf News the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, All right. Thank you very much. And uh, until we meet again, I encourage you, dip into the ocean, catch a couple waves, and shred on.